know. I'm clicking it, but it's not doing anything. Ah, perfect. Just a little slower. All right. Well, good morning. Let's turn to 2 Samuel chapter 13. 2 Samuel chapter 13. It's an opportunity and a really a privilege to be. It is not. Green means go. Good? Outstanding. All right. Outstanding. Second Samuel 13, beginning in verse 15. Trust that you're there. Trust that you're there. Then Amnon hated her. Then Amnon hated Tamar with a very great hatred. For the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he had loved her. And Amnon said to Tamar, get up, go away. But she said to him, no, because this wrong in sending me away is greater than the other than you have done to me. Yet he would not listen to her. Then Amnon called his young man who attended him and said, now throw this woman out of my presence and lock the door behind her. Now she had on a long-sleeved garment, a very colored tunic. In the manner of the virgin of daughters of the king dressed themselves in robes. Then this attendant took her out and locked the door behind her. Tamar put on ashes on her head and tore her long-sleeved garment, which was on her, and she put her hand on her head and went away, crying aloud, she went. Then Absalom, her brother, said to her, Has Amnon, your brother, been with you? But now keep silent, my sister. He is your brother. Do not, do not take this matter to heart. So Tamar remained and was desolate in her brother Absalom's house. Now when King David heard of all these matters, he was very angry. But Absalom did not speak to Amnon either good or bad, for Absalom hated Amnon because he had violated his sister Tamar. Now it came about after two full years that Absalom had sheep shearers in Baal Hazor, which is near Ephraim, and Absalom invited all the king's sons. Absalom came to the king and said, Behold, Now your servant has sheep shears, and please let the king and his servants go with your servant. But the king said to Absalom, No, my son, we shall not go at all, for we will be burdensome to you. Although Absalom urged David, he would not go, but blessed him. And then Absalom said, If not, please let my brother Amnon go with us. And the king said to him, Why should he go with you? But when Absalom urged him, He let Amnon and all the king's sons go with him. Absalom commanded his servants, saying, See now, when Amnon's heart is merry with wine, and when I say to you, strike Amnon, then put him to death. Do not fear. Have not I myself? 
commanded you. Be courageous and be valiant. The servants of Absalom did to Amnon just as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's sons arose and each mounted his mule and fled. Let's pray. Almighty Father, we are thankful for your word. Father, in this time together this morning, we need your word to read us. Father, you know our hearts full well, for you have fashioned us, you have knitted us together in our mother's womb. You know us full well, there is nothing in us that is hid. Father, you know the change that needs to take place in our lives. We need to be more like your son, the Lord Jesus. So we ask that you might do just that in this time together, that you would mold us and shape us and we would not speak back to you or dare to give you direction. But Father, we ask for your blessing in this time. And it's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Well, this morning, you'll see on the screen there, there is kind of an exclamation point, a a warning sign of sorts. And in this message, I felt that it was important for me to to give a a disclaimer of sorts in the beginning. The, The subject matter that we're going to be talking about and dealing with this morning is very, very unsettling. It's very disturbing. It's violent. It's it's evil, just in, in, a, in a despicable and, and disgusting expression. And, and the evil that's going to be discussed is that of a sexual nature. And for those of you who um, perhaps have been a victim of sexual assault or, vic- or uh, sexual abuse, please know that I prayed for you. Please know that I have prayed for you. As I, as I labored through this passage, and, and I'm not going to lie, this was a big labor. This was a big task. I have prayed for you. And, and, and whether you're, you're, a, you're a man or a woman and a, and a victim of, of assault, please know that there's hope. And I trust that, that we'll see that hope this morning. And also, for those of you who struggle with sexual sin, I have prayed for you as well. Because there's triggers in this passage. And the triggers are not there to be triggers per se, but it's what the enemy is going to use to bring images or, or memories to your mind. And again, whether you're a man or a woman, it doesn't matter. Because the struggle of sexual addiction knows no gender. And, and please understand this, that I have prayed for you as well. And, and specifically, I've prayed you, for you from Psalm 19, a Psalm of David, where he pleads with the Lord. He says, keep me back from presumptuous sin. Keep me back from presumptuous sin. And, and the image there is with a, a, a fist that, or a hand that's closed into a fist and really shaking at God and saying, I want what I want when I want it, and I want it now. I have prayed for you about that, that the Lord would keep you back during our time together and as we leave 
that you would be kept back from presumptuous sin. And the next verse in Psalm 19. It's outstanding, right? That the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be acceptable unto God. The meditation of your heart, the things that your heart, the things on which your heart is going to dwell. I've prayed for you for that. That they would not be presumptuous sins. That you would see Jesus. I normally don't have to give those kinds of disclaimers, but again, this is a rather intense passage. Just forward to the next slide. Just do it that way. Good like that. <clears throat> okay, so want to give a couple of goal or a goal and a couple of objectives. Where what are we trying to accomplish this morning? What is it that we're trying to accomplish? Well, really, to consider an in uh, to consider an appropriate response to crisis. An appropriate response to the crisis. The title of this message is A Family Facing Crisis. Right? So, so we want to consider that as a goal. That's what we want to try and accomplish. An appropriate response. And, and a lot of that is going to be seen in, okay, here's what not to do. Just to be honest. Here, we're going to see it kind of in the negative or, or in the reverse. Okay, here's, here's what I don't want to do. I see what this guy did and I see what, what the result was. Okay, I don't want to do that. I want to do something different. And then the objectives, we have two. Note the origin and result of impotency of leadership. The origin and the result of the impotency of leadership. David, at this point in his life, was an ineffective father. Now, I'm not bashing the guy. Just going by what Scripture says, right? because I'm not a perfect father either. So it's not for me to sling mud. Just looking at scripture. So we want to note the origin and result of impotency of leadership. And then a second objective is to note the results of usurped authority. There was With this impotency of leadership, with this weakness or this ineffective leadership, there's a void. There was, a, there was an opening. There was an opportunity, as they say. And we'll see how someone swooped in and did what allegedly the father was unwilling to do. And we're going we're gonna to chew on that a little bit at the end. Let's go to the, next, uh, go to the next slide. So in the narrative text we have, we have six scenes that unfold before us. Little, little vignettes, we could call them. Six scenes. The first one is... Amnon's contempt. Amnon's contempt. The second is Tamar's grief. The third is Absalom's counsel. The fourth scene is King David's response. That's a little tongue-in-cheek there. The fifth scene is Absalom's party. Absalom throws a party. And then the sixth scene is Absalom's directive. Absalom's directive. So there's there's six scenes, six little little 
situations that, that unfold in the passage before us this morning in 2 Samuel 13. So let's go to the next slide and we'll go to the first scene. I want to look at Amnon's contempt. So in verses 15 and 16, Tamar says, when Amnon, or sorry, then Amnon hated her with a very great hatred, for the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he had loved her. And Amnon said to her, get up, go away. But she said to him, no, because this wrong in sending me away is greater than the other that you have done to me, yet he would not listen to her. We're going to work through these six scenes kind of quickly. Um, but we, we, have to, we have to work through the scenes in order to, to understand the context of the passage. So Tamar says in the, in the back part of 16, she says, no, this wrong is greater than the other. What in the world is she talking about? This wrong is greater than the other. Really, this kicking her out is greater than what he did to her before. So when we go back to the beginning of the chapter, and we want to talk about the characters here for a minute. So there's, there's really three main characters. There's Tamar, who is a sister. There's Amnon, and there's Absalom. Now, Tamar and Absalom have the same mother. They have the same mother. Amnon has a different mother, but they all have the same father in David. And uh, Scripture tells us that David had eight wives, um, we don't know the number of sons. We'll get to that in a little bit. But um, we do know that David had eight wives. He had more wives, but eight are given. Uh, we, we know the names of eight. But then David also had concubines, which again is just a whole other discussion for a whole other time. Needless to say, the family was large, but it was also dysfunctional. So Tamar... Scripture tells us, was beautiful. She was absolutely beautiful. She and her brother Absalom, uh, Scripture notes that they were beautiful, and, and, and Scripture tells us Absalom's hair was just a sight to behold. That um, once a year he would cut his hair, and, and when he did it, it would weigh like five pounds. It was like, like David Crowder hair, but more, you know, just this big, thing of hair and, well, it was a prideful thing for Absalom and, well, again, that's another story. For, there's just so many stories here. Man, I wish I had a, a long time. Okay, focus, focus. So, Tamar was beautiful and Amnon, Amnon just couldn't keep his eyes on his own paper, right? Couldn't keep his eyes on his own. He was looking around. Doesn't that sound familiar? Amnon was looking around and he saw Tamar. And, man, she was, for him, she was easy on the eyes, right? He wanted her just, he wanted, he just wanted her in the worst way. So much so, the Bible tells us, that, that this desire that Amnon had for Tamar was so intense that it made Amnon sick. It made, all he did was just lay around all day and, and just pine away for Tamar. So scripture tells us that, uh, as the story goes, Amnon had a good friend, Jonadab. And Jonadab was 
more than just a friend. He was a cousin. David's brother, Shimei, was Jonadab's father. So again, there's this whole family dynamic going on. And so Jonadab says, what's the deal? Why, why so glum, John? You know, what's, what's going on? And Amnon says, it's Tamar. I just can't get her out of my mind. I, I just think about her night and day. Reasoning that, that Tamar used, she said, the king's not going to withhold it. The king owns it all. He's, he's over all. He's not going to withhold this thing from you. He will surely give it to you. The sovereignty of Jesus. Remember, all things have been given into my hand. My Father has given me all things. I love, I just love Colossians 1. It talks really about the sovereignty of God and how he does, he, he, he answers to no one. The sovereignty of God beautifully unfolded in Colossians 1. And then finally, we see, this one's hard, man. This one's real hard. We see Tamar as the victim. As the victim. And, and, and we sang this morning about the Lord Jesus being a victim. I struggle with that. Just to be honest, I struggle with Jesus being a victim. And not just because we sing it, it must be true, because we sing a lot of things that are not true. Just saying. Tamar being the victim, and, and, and really the victim by definition is, is a sacrifice made in pursuit of an objective. A sacrifice made in pursuit of an objective. You and I benefit from Christ's sacrifice. Again, it goes back to Jesus doing all things that please the Father. Jesus went to the cross because it pleased the Father. Psalm 115, he will do whatever he pleases. And like we said, sometimes we like that, and sometimes we don't. So we see Jesus not staying as a victim. We see Jesus moving from a victim to a survivor. He rose from the dead and is living again. And not just surviving, but he's thriving. Going from victim to survivor to thriver. He is ever at the right hand making intercession for us. For those of us who have been victims of assault, victims of abuse, there is hope because we have a great high priest who is all too familiar with our weaknesses and our infirmities. And by his stripes, we are healed. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful for the truths in your word. Father, we are humbled by them. We are changed by them. And Father, you know each and every heart that is here this morning and the anguish and the grief, the struggle. Father, use use each one of us to help move 
to see the opportunity that exists, the opportunity for change, for growth, for the putting off and the putting on of the things that you have. Father, we thank you for this time and we thank you for who it is that you are. And Father, we love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.